Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The door or entrance to a building usually says a lot about that building. For example, the entrance to a state capitol or even the White House would give us an impression of the nature of what's within the building. What about the building of God? What does the entrance say about the nature and expression of God's house? Stay with us today as we look at the gate of the tabernacle of God and in it find the full salvation of Jesus Christ on this Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Joining us for our fellowship today as we again look into the book of Exodus is Bob Danker. Brother Bob, welcome back to our program. Chris, it's a great pleasure to be back again. Bob, I think our program today would qualify for one of those where we have found riches in a nook or a cranny in the Bible, the gate to the tabernacle. Again, this may seem like one of those things that on first examination is simple or easy to understand, but we're going to see today that it's really not simple at all. It doesn't seem logical, Bob, that after taking such great care with all of the details inside the tabernacle that the Lord would not take equal care when coming to the entrance. Actually, the entrance to a building says a lot about the building, doesn't it? Yes, Chris. Actually, whenever a person designs a building, of course, he pays a lot of attention to the outside of the building and also to the inside, what goes inside the building. And God's building, the tabernacle here, is no exception. And whenever a person designs a building, he takes special care to design a particular entrance that fits in with the nature of that building or the significance of that building. Now, in your introduction, you mentioned the state capitol or the White House. These are very special buildings, and these buildings have a special entrance because they have a special purpose and a special nature. Well, at this point, we have to remember that the designer of the tabernacle is God, not man. So the tabernacle is God's building. And I would say this, that the tabernacle as God's building is the most important and significant building in the whole universe. It is the place where God dwells among his people. So when God designed his dwelling place, he designed the entrance in a way that expresses the nature and the significance of his house. This significance is that man bears the triune God as a testimony. The house of God, which is God's dwelling place on this earth, is actually God's expression, God's testimony. And this testimony is borne by God's people who are joined to him. And this is portrayed in the entrance to the tabernacle. Well, there's just a few verses that talk about it. Let's read those now before we join Witness Lee. This is Exodus chapter 27, verses 14, 15, 16, and 17. And there shall be 15 cubits of hangings for the one side of the gate with their three pillars and their three sockets. 
And there shall be 15 cubits of hangings for the other side, with their three pillars and their three sockets. And for the gate of the court, there shall be a screen of 20 cubits of blue and purple and scarlet strands and fine twined linen, the work of an embroiderer, with their four pillars and four sockets. And all the pillars around the court shall be connected with silver, with their hooks of silver and their sockets of bronze. Particularly, let us bring highlight to these elements, these materials that show up in the gate. Again, the linen, the bronze, and the silver. Here's Witness Lee. We come to the gate. In any kind of a building, the gate is mostly at the front. And the front gate always bears an appearance that would attract people's attention. Now, when you come to the tabernacle from far away, you see the front gate, the front gate of the uh, outer court. Here, you do have something representing the uh, appearance of God's building. And the first appearance is the gate. Any kind of purpose of any kind of building mostly is expressed in the front gate. If it is a kind of a bank, the appearance of the front gate speaks that. If it is a kind of a stadium for ball games, the appearance of the front gate speaks that. Okay, what the front gate of the tabernacle speaks? It speaks, man bearing God. Involved is man as a testimony. Now, to enter into the building of God is the goal of God's salvation. So, to enter into is to be saved. When you were outside of God's building, you were lost. When you repented and you believed in the Lord Jesus, you entered. Right? You entered what? You entered into God's salvation as well as God's building. So, at the very beginning, when you were entering into this building, you had to realize to enter into the building is to bear the triumph God involved with man as a testimony. This is what we should do today. Bob, you indicated in your introduction today, and we just heard Witness Lee refer to, this matter of the significance of the gate being man bearing the triune God as a testimony. I think it'd be good if you could explain a little bit why we would say this. Yes, Chris. You know, all the numbers in the Bible are very significant. And when you look at the front of the tabernacle, you see the gate and you see some linen hangings on both sides of the gate. The gate itself was composed of four pillars of bronze and 20 cubits of linen hangings with threads woven in. And in the Bible, the number four signifies the creatures. 
and the main item of creation is man. And then on both sides of this gate, you have three bronze pillars. Three in the Bible signifies the triune God in resurrection. And the fact that you have the same three pillars on the two sides of the gate indicates a testimony because the number two in the Bible means testimony. So you have the triune God joined to man and born by man as a testimony. Well, let's talk about the other significance that we just saw in this section of Witness Lee, that the tabernacle represents Christ, even Christ himself. So to enter through the gate of the tabernacle is definitely to enter into salvation. But, Bob, we've also seen that to enter through the gate was also to enter into God's building. Doesn't this equate salvation with God's building, then? It certainly does, Chris. Actually, to be lost is to be outside of God's building. And on the other side, to be saved is not just to be destined to go to heaven. To be saved is actually to enter into and to become a part of God's building. When we repented and we believed in the Lord Jesus, we were saved. All genuine Christians believe this. But most Christians don't realize that when they were saved, they entered into God's building. Let me give you a verse in the book of Revelation that shows this. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 14, it says, Blessed are those who wash their robes, that means wash away their sins in the blood of Christ, that they may partake of the tree of life and enter through the gates into the city. The city here is the new Jerusalem. This shows that when we wash our robes in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ, we have the right to enter through the gates into the new Jerusalem, and the new Jerusalem is God's building. So here is a verse that shows us that when you receive Christ's redemption, you enter the new Jerusalem, which is God's building. And this is also indicated by Peter's first epistle in chapter 2. There Peter said that we need to drink the milk of the word so that we can grow into salvation. And then right after he says this, he says that we can be living stones built up to be a spiritual house. So here again in the scriptures you have the joining of God's salvation to God's building. So actually these two are really the same. We are saved so that we can be a part of the building of God. Bob, the gate or the entrance of the tabernacle had three primary components, these linen hangings or curtains, the bronze pillars, and the silver hooks and connecting rods that attach these hangings to the pillars. Of course, we've seen many times that linen represents righteousness. Bronze typifies judgment, and silver points us always in Scripture to the redemption of Christ. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The basic material to build up such a front as an appearance of the tabernacle is bronze. The sockets are made of bronze. The pillars, bronze. What is bronze? God's judgment. Dear saints, I would ask you to go back to John 16 again. When the spirit of reality comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Whoever would enter into this building 
must be fully ditched. This is a bronze gate, a gate of judgment. Yes, it is covered with linen. But linen here is not basic. The basic thing is bronze. It signifies God's righteous judgment. You and I, who are coming into this building, we must realize everything we are, everything we do, everything we have, everything we can, must be judged. Not only the bad things you have should be judged, even the good things. Not only your bad behavior should be judged, even your good behavior. Not only your hatred, but your love, your humility, your good virtues. Whatever you are, whatever you have, whatever you can, whatever you do, I tell you, dear saints, must pass this judgment. This is a gate of judgment. You must be judged. Just like today. If you are going to take an airplane, you have to pass that (laughs) checking point. Whatever you have must pass that checking. Then, after being judged, Whatever we bear is God's righteousness. It's not all good behavior. It's not our natural virtue. It's the righteousness of God. No, this is the basic gospel. Sinners, people of this world, for you to enter into these, you need to be judged. Everything, good or bad, to be judged. Then you bear the righteousness of God. How could the righteousness of God be linked to you by hooks and the connecting rods? And these two things are not made of bronze, but of silver. This depicts that. Out of God's judgment comes God's redemption. Hallelujah. Out of the judgment comes Christ's redemption. You have the silver. Bob, the entrance to the tabernacle makes for a wonderful gospel message, I think we just found out, especially when we connect it to the gospel of John chapter 16. The verse that Witness Lee referred to, verse 8, says, When he... That refers to the spirit of reality. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, concerning righteousness, and concerning judgment. God's righteous judgment, Bob, must confront us whenever we approach the house of God. But what about the silver hooks and connecting rods attaching these linen curtains to the bronze pillars? How wonderful is this? Yes, Chris, as you mentioned, this picture of the entrance to the tabernacle is a very good gospel message, and it shows us the way to be saved. And it is related to this verse in John, 
where it says that the Spirit will convict the world concerning sin, concerning righteousness, and concerning judgment. As you mentioned, in the bronze pillars, we see God's righteous judgment. And the bronze pillars were the main material that was used to construct this gate. So we could say that the entrance into God's salvation, which is the same as saying the entrance into God's building, is really composed of God's judgment. And that means in order to enter into God's salvation and into God's building, we need to experience God's judgment. We have to pass through the gate of God's judgment. Nothing we do, nothing we are, good or bad, can bring us into God's salvation. And also, nothing we are that's good or bad can cause us to enter into God's building. The good thing about this, Chris, is that whatever God judges, he also redeems. So if we would allow ourselves to be judged by God, that means we have to condemn ourselves for our sinfulness and also for our goodness that is independent from God. We have to forsake not only our sin, but also our self-made righteousness. Even uh, Isaiah said our righteousnesses are like filthy rags or filthy garments. So even what we have that is the best part of us, God cannot accept. We have to condemn everything that we are. But whatever is condemned by God's judgment is redeemed by Christ. And this is signified here by the silver. So here we have Christ's redemption, which comes out of God's judgment. And this redemption, signified here by the silver hooks and connecting rods, joins us to the linen hangings. And these linen hangings signify God's righteousness. So instead of having our own righteousness, we have God's righteousness that's linked to us, connected to us, by the redemption of Christ. And this is what causes us to be saved. And this is what causes us to have the right to enter into God's building. This is a marvelous picture that when we respond to the gospel, we repent. What does it mean to repent? It means to condemn yourself, good or bad. We need to judge ourselves and we need to say, whatever I am, whatever I have is not acceptable to God and can never be a part of God's building. If we will apply and accept God's judgment to our entire being, then spontaneously God will link us to his own righteousness through Christ's redemption. We will receive salvation and we will enter into God's building. Let's go back to Witness Lee. If you still were a sinner, I would tell you, you need to enter into God's building. God's unique enterprise in this universe and on this earth is to have a building. This is God's eternal purpose. This is God's divine enterprise on this earth in the whole universe today. God's salvation to you is to bring you into his building. God's economy, God's salvation, God's redemption is to bring you into God's building, and God's building today is just the church. Christ tried his best to bring people to know him. One day he asked all those people who I am, and they knew him as the Christ. Then he told them what? I will build 
my church. Amen. Knowing me is for you to be built into the church. Then in Acts, thousand people got saved. For what purpose? For the raising up of the churches. For the building up of the church. Amen. Then Paul's first epistle, Romans, tell us, us what? Tell us, us that we were sinners. Right. Then we got justified. Amen. Then what? Amen. We got transferred Amen. out of Adam into Christ. Then what? Then we have to walk according to spirit. Then we become the full-grown sons. Then what? Then we become the proper members to be built up into the body. Then at the end of that book, the book of Romans, what you have? You have all the local churches. This is the very ultimate goal of God's divine revelation. In other words, this is the goal of God's gospel. This is why in the book of Romans, Paul calls the entire book the gospel of God. For you come to repent, to believe, to enter into God's salvation, you have to realize what you are going to enter into is God's building. And God's entire building is his testimony. Well, Bob, God's unique enterprise on this earth, even in the entire universe, is his building. Let's spend the last few minutes today talking about how much God desires us to be brought into this enterprise. All of the wonderful spiritual experiences that are presented in the Bible just have this one unique goal, don't they? Yes, Chris. All the experiences of Christ that are signified by the tabernacle have only one goal, and that is to make us a part of God's building. And this building, as we have seen, is God's testimony and God's expression. This is clearly seen in the entire Bible, especially we can see this in the New Testament. And as Witness Lee pointed out, in the four Gospels, in the beginning of the New Testament, in the Gospel of Matthew, the Lord took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi and he asked them, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Lord said, Yes, my Father is the one who revealed this to you. Well, whenever we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that equals being saved. Then, after Peter made this confession to the Lord, the Lord then spoke a further word to him. He said, You say, I am the Christ. I am the Son of the living God. And you're right. But I say that you are Peter. That means you are a stone. And on this rock I will build my church. So the Lord's word to Peter shows us that God's goal is not just to save people in an individual way, but God's goal is to make these saved ones stones for his building, for the building of the church. And then if we go on into the book of Acts, we see that after the preaching of the gospel and many were saved, all these saved ones began to meet together as churches. They were saved But what was the goal of their salvation? To make them a part of the church, which is God's building. And then in the book of Romans, 
The first part of the book talks about God's salvation, but the last part of the book talks about the church as the body of Christ and the local churches as the local expressions of this universal body of Christ. This shows the goal. The goal is God's building. Then when we go on through all the epistles of the New Testament, and we mentioned already Peter's first epistle, we can see that God's unique goal and God's unique activity is to gain a building for himself. Then we finally come to the end of the Bible. What do we see at the very end of the Bible? We see the new Jerusalem, which is the ultimate consummation of God's eternal building. So the Bible concludes with God's building. It begins with God's creation and it ends with God's building. That means that all the work that God does from creation all the way to the end of the Bible is to produce one thing, that is his building, his dwelling place on this earth, which is composed of God himself mingled with his chosen and redeemed people who become then living stones for the building of God. This is a wonderful picture and a wonderful revelation showing us God's goal in this universe is to have a building. I like this thought. I even like his language here that he used that we picked up in this fellowship. God is not just idly whiling away the time in heaven. He is active and has this universal enterprise, something that occupies him very much. He uh, has a definite purpose, doesn't he, Bob? He has a definite purpose, and he wants us to be a part of this purpose. He wants us to give ourselves to him so that we can be a part of his building. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate having you. It's a pleasure to be here, Chris. And thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.